Hey everybody, uh, if you don't know me, my name is Jason Wavel, and I love everything PKF camps from Surf City to Laurelville and everything in between. Maybe we've crossed paths there in some way, shape, or form before, but either way, I'm super pumped to kind of be coming to you here in this format for this year's spring session, and uh, excited about what we're gonna look at today as we just kind of reflect on what the past year has meant for us. So I'll get there in just a second. But uh, first, I wanna tell you a story. I was um, in Phoenix, Arizona this past summer, went down to see uh, one of my cousins and was hanging out with him for about a week. And some way, somehow, he convinced me to hike like the tallest mountain in Arizona, uh, 12,000 feet elevation at the top. I don't know why I let him convince me to do that, but alas, he did. He forced me to go to REI, buy my own hiking shoes, made it happen. He also made me join up to be an REI member. I'm still one to this day, haven't used it since. Either way, not part of the story. So one day uh, we get in his car and we drive all the way up to Flagstaff where this mountain is about two hours north in Arizona. And as we're preparing to kind of pack some stuff for this trip, I'm like, listen, if, if I'm gonna do this thing, I need to make sure that other people know that I did it. Like I'm not gonna do this and just kind of like save it in my own memories. Other people need to know that I climbed this mountain. So I like messing around with photo video stuff. I have a lot of camera gear. And so I packed a full camera bag of like two bodies, a couple lenses, and just all this sort of like photo gear that I definitely wouldn't need. But I wanted to be prepared just in case. So I packed this whole camera bag and we drive up to Flagstaff to go to this mountain. And as we kind of get to the trailhead, we get out of the car, I grab my camera bag and my cousin looks at me and he says, dude, leave that behind. Like you're, you're not going to need it. Now, if, if you know anything about me, uh, you might know that I'm probably one of the most stubborn people on the planet. And so if you tell me to do something, I'm not gonna do that thing because I, I like to do it my way. It's a problem that, that I'm working on. But alas, I said, no, dude, no, 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 it's fine. I have like my hiking gear bag, but I also have my camera bag. It's heavy, but listen, I'm, I'm in shape. I can kind of, you know, make this thing work. So we start hiking up this mountain and all said and done, it takes us four and a half hours to get to the top of this mountain. About the first hour in was when I realized, huh, like, we're high up enough that like it's starting to get a little bit hard for me to breathe. Like there's just not enough oxygen in the air. So another like hour after that, I'm having to stop like every 15 minutes just to like kind of catch my breath. And meanwhile, I'm starting to realize, yeah, this camera bag is like pretty, pretty heavy. And we keep hiking and again, four and a half hours to the top of this mountain. We finally get to the top. And yeah, it was incredible. And you could see for miles and miles and miles around us. You could even see as far as the Grand Canyon. And at that point, I take my camera out, took a few shots. It looked great. But then it was time. It was time for us to go back down the mountain. Uh, now, mind you, it took us about four and a half hours to get up. So we were figuring, yeah, probably just about four hours to get down. We start our descent down the mountain and about 15 minutes into our hike, I get one of the worst headaches that I've ever got in my life. I mean, like just head throbbing. It felt like every single step that I took, it was agony. Like my brain was just bouncing around in my head. And meanwhile, this bag that's on my back was getting heavier and heavier and heavier. And I'd only pulled it out one time thus far. I'd pulled the camera out one time to take some pictures at the top of the mountain. But at this point, I wasn't stopping. I wasn't about to like stop and take more pictures. I was sick and tired of like having to climb up this mountain, now finding our way down. Meanwhile, it's starting to get dark outside, so we're having to turn our headlights on. Uh, I started to get altitude sickness, so I like threw up two times on the way down. And then just the little cherry on top was this. We're like halfway through the descent down, 
and we hear a bear. Like there's a little literal bear roar off in the distance. That was the day that I thought I was going to die. Alas, I did not. I'm here, and that's great. Finally, four hours later, we make it down to the bottom of the mountain. And again, my head is splitting. I can barely take a step each time I walk. We finally get to the car, and like, and I take my camera bag off me, and I throw it in the car. And my cousin, he, he looks at me, and he, he didn't say anything, but like, with his eyes, he had this really like fulfilling, I told you so. Like he just said it in the way he looked at me. And I accepted it. Um, I, I knew that he was right. I should not have taken that up with me. I took my camera bag out one time. And, and I thought about what he said at the beginning. He was like, Jace, just, just leave it behind. You're not going to need it. And honestly, I've, I've thought about what he said to me there a lot as I've thought about this past year, the past year of our lives. I've thought about as I've tried to process and what we're talking about here today, like what have I learned from this past year? And specifically, what I want to take a few minutes to dive into here today is this, like what am I leaving behind? What have I learned that I need to leave behind in the past year in order to grow and become more like Jesus? If you're familiar with the Bible at all or if you're around church at all, you've probably heard of or you're familiar with the Bible verse 2 Corinthians 5:17. Uh, what it says is this, that if anyone is in Christ, like if anyone knows Jesus or has a relationship with him, that, that you're a new creation. What happens is that the old has passed away, like your, your old self, your old ways, like the person you were before you met Jesus and the ways that you operated, like those have passed away. And, and the new has come. There's new life, a new creation when, when you are in Christ, when you have a relationship with him. And so we're going to talk about, like, through a couple of these sessions here, some of these breakouts, that those two different ideas, what it is that the old has passed away, that the new has come. And, and today I want to dive into what it means that the old has passed away, what that looks like for us. Uh, if, if I can be really honest with you for uh, just a second, the past year for me uh, has been incredibly difficult, and I'm sure that's a story for, for many of you. As I think about what I'm leaving behind in this past year, uh, man, I know that I'm leaving behind the stuff that God shook out of me. Like there were more than enough times when I realized that God was really trying to show me, hey, there, there's stuff in your life, there's modes of operation, there's habits you've had, there's ways that you're living that just aren't working, they're not good for you. And in the process of realizing that, like there, there was a lot of pain uh, for me in some of those moments. I, I remember being in the car with a buddy, and uh, I, I distinctly remember saying to him, man, I, I, I feel like I'm a shell. Like, I feel like, like what's happening on the outside, the things that I'm doing, like, I feel like it's not matching up with, like, what's going on on the inside. I just feel hollow. I, I just don't really feel like there's much happening. I don't know if I believe the things I'm saying. I don't know if I believe the things I'm doing. I remember jotting some of that down. I'm not even like a journal person, but I remember working out some of those ideas in this like notebook that I had by my bedside. And that led me to some really low places over the past year. And as I've tried to like work through that, as I've tried to think and pray through those spaces, and as I've kind of talked it out with friends and, and people that I trust, one thing that I realized was that God was trying to show me something, was, was that through the pain of that separation that, that I realized that I was trying to get purpose and I was trying to get joy out of a lot of things that were not God. 
I realized that that I was trying to uh, find like value. I was trying to find my value in the things that I did and the value that I had for other people. I, w I realized that I was trying to find my own value and worth in, in the ways that other people perceived me. And, and when all of those things were stripped away from me, I, I struggled. Like, like I was left with basically nothing. I, I felt like a shell. Like it's, it's no joke, it's kind of a cliche at this point, just to say that this past year has been a mess. And yeah, you're probably tired of hearing that. And, and now that we're trying to kind of get to a place where like, hey, we're, we're almost back to normal here. Uh, we might not be thinking through that, but, but really, if you take a step back and you look at where you're at in your life right now, like you're not really still doing stuff that you would be at this point in the year had there not be a pandemic still in effect. Stuff is still really different and weird. And so for a lot of us, that's put us in a place where we're trying to reevaluate a lot of these things in our life. We have to think through, what have I learned from this past year? And now that we're trying to get towards normal, like, what do I do now? Where do I go from this? So in order to do that, I want you to think about the space that, that I was in for, for a while. Where, who were you when everything else was stripped away? Who were you in that kind of those first couple months of like March, April, May, when like everything was at a standstill and uh, you were not in school, at least in person, uh, maybe even at all on the first couple weeks there and like that rhythm of your life was stripped away and, and maybe you're, you weren't seeing your friends in person at all or maybe as often and you weren't able to spend the time with them that you wanted. Uh, I mean, the activities you're usually involved in, involved in your, your sports and uh, whatever clubs you find yourself in regularly, all of those patterns and rhythms were ripped away and you were just left with yourself, just left with the silence of your home or your family. And, and in those moments, who were you? How, how did you feel? What's maybe something you realized? Maybe something about what God was uh, trying to show you? Was God, were, were you realizing something? Maybe God was showing you, hey, there are some relationships in your life that aren't super healthy. Maybe it was friends you have, or maybe you realize, man, now that I'm home with my family like 24 seven, there's a lot of dysfunction here. Like there's a lot of uncomfortable situations now that my family's around each other. Maybe uh, you realize something that you've got a lot going on on the inside and, and just in the way of like mental health when you start to think through anxiety, depression, loneliness, um, and, and just general frustrations and anger and, and not knowing how to deal with those. And again, typically maybe you could kind of hide those because you kept yourself so busy with sports activities and your grades and everything in between. But when all that stuff was stripped away, that, that's all that was left and you had to come face to face with it. Uh, maybe there were habits you realized you had that weren't healthy or good for you, or maybe there were perspectives you have on your life or the world around you that again, weren't, weren't super healthy, but when everything else was stripped away, that was all you had left. As you think and process through what those first couple months were like, maybe something you realized during that space, I really quickly uh, wanna read something from scripture. Um, this is from the book of Romans, chapter 6, verses 6 and 7. Um, this is Paul just writing to a church in Rome, encouraging them for, for how to follow uh, Jesus more closely. And here's something he encourages them, them with. He says, we know that what we used to be was nailed to the cross with Jesus. Like, 
like, like who we used to be, our old self. We talk about the old self passing away, the new life is here. Like, like who we were before, G, uh, before we knew Jesus, our, the sin we struggled with, the, the struggles that we have, our failures, our mistakes, the things, the places that God brought us out of, all of that stuff was nailed to a cross with Jesus. He says that happens so our bodies that were ruled by sin, so that they would lose their power, so that we are no longer slaves to sin. Like, like, there's this really powerful statement here in Scripture, and it's abundantly clear that, this, that, that if you are in Christ, if you have a relationship with Jesus, if you know him, not just know about him, like you truly are, are one with Jesus and seeking him, there's this amazing promise that your old ways don't have any more power over you. That your old habits, your old mistakes, your sins, your struggles, your failures, the, the tough places you've walked in, that those things don't have power over you when you are in Christ, if you know him and have a relationship with him. If you've realized what um, some of those habits or struggles or the things that maybe God was showing you were, uh, we're starting to get into this new space where we're almost on the other side of this thing. It's pretty darn close. Maybe even the next school year will look fairly normal. I mean, maybe a little bit different, but pretty much normal. And as that happens, it might be really tempting for us to just default back to our old ways, like just going back to the old rhythms, the old habits, the old way of doing things before this season where God was maybe showing us something. It might be really tempting because it looks like, yeah, that's easy, it's comfortable, I know that thing. Uh, it's just the way I've always done it. I, I think, um, you know, I've been reading through the Old Testament the past couple months or so just as something where I've tried to kind of read front to back in it because that's not something I've ever actually done, kind of like front to back. And I love the book of Exodus. I love the story of God kind of saving his people uh, from slavery, sending one to save them, to pull them out of bondage and calling them into freedom, starting this unique relationship with the people that is Israel. And there's this point in the story where the Israelites, uh, they've been freed from slavery in Egypt. And so Moses comes in, Pharaoh let my people go, tries like 10 times, and finally Pharaoh lets the people go. And they're freed from 400 years of slavery. They'd been in chains and working free labor, being beaten and killed by the Egyptians for 400 years. Finally, they're let go and they're starting to enter towards this place where God had promised that they would have one day as a big united family, millions of people, this promised land. They're making their way out of Egypt, and finally they come face to face with this sea that's in front of them. And as they come face to face with the sea, again, there's millions of them, so they're not boating across, they're not going to swim across, they're trying to figure out what to do. At the same time, back in Egypt, Pharaoh had changed his mind. He was like, uh, I, I just let go of like my free workforce. Like, why did I do that? So he sends all of his boys out on the chariots uh, to try and go and, and kill a lot of and bring some back of, uh, of the Israelites. And so now the Israelites are standing there. Again, they're freed from 400 years of slavery. They're about to head into God's promise, but there's this, there's this body of water in front of them. And now the Egyptians are behind them. And they're surrounded by just like impossible situations. And they turn to Moses. They get really mad at him. They're like, Moses, why would you bring us out of slavery? Why would you bring us out of Egypt where we had places to eat, where we had places to lay our head and live our lives? Why would you bring us out of there for us just to die here in the desert? It's, it's almost like 
the Israelites were willing to go back to slavery, they were willing to go back into 400 years of, of chains because the road in front of them seemed impossible. Like, like, like they were willing to settle for the scraps and morsels of food and life that they got in Egypt, and they weren't ready to trust that God was ready to provide manna for them every single day in the promised land. That every single day, God would give them exactly what they needed. He'd be with them. He'd bring them out of there. He'd deliver them. He'd provide for them. So they were ready to turn right back around and head right back into chains, head right back into death. I think for the situation we're in right now, where we're about to hopefully springboard into just back to normal, it may be incredibly tempting for us to return to our old ways. It might be incredibly easy for us to want to turn around and run right back to Egypt, to run right back to those things where, yeah, like I used to treat people like this, talk to people like this, feel this way about myself, hide my problems in this way. I, I can just go right back to that. But the Bible tells us that the, the old is gone. Like the old has passed away. And God has brought you out of that. God's shown you, hey, I don't want you to live in that space anymore. He's shown you this new life. But sometimes it might be really tempting for us to want to turn around and run right back to Egypt. There's this cool moment uh, just uh, a couple books later in the Bible where finally, after 40 years, the Israelites are about to step out of the wilderness. They've been walking for a whole generation of people in the desert, basically. And now they're finally ready to step into the land that God had promised them. So they walk through this river, and God, see, he knows that the Israelites are going to be very quick to forget the ways, that, the things that God had saved them from and how he'd provided for them. So he says, listen, I, before you go into this new land, when you cross through the river, I want you to turn back around and I want you to grab uh, some stones, some rocks out of that river. So take one person from each of these 12 families of Israel, each of these 12 people, go back and grab a rock and take it with you. And, and I want those rocks to be a reminder of my faithfulness to you. I want those rocks to be a reminder that every single time you look at them, you're reminded of the fact that I was with you, that I brought you out of a space that was killing you, where you didn't need to be, and I've brought you into the place that I have promised you. I don't know about you, but uh, I, as I read the Bible, I really identify with the Israelites. I'm, I'm continually forgetting of the ways that God has, has been with me, has been for me, has pulled me out of situations that I haven't been in. And so looking at the, what God commands the Israelites to do, I, I really, guys, I, I think it would be a great idea for any of us to have a rock to look at. I mean, even a physical thing that we can look at and be reminded to say that throughout either our entire life or even just in this past year that God brought me out of something. God brought me out of my old ways. He shook these things from me. There might have been some pain as I was kind of trying to let go of these things that I was clinging to, but, but God brought me out of it. Because it's going to be real easy for us to remember, to, to forget the ways that God had been with us, saved us, been faithful to us. The reality is that right now in your life, you might not be where you want to be. Right? You might feel like you need to be further along in your faith. You need to be further along in some of your relationships. You need to be a more mature, bigger, better person. Right? You might not be where you want to be, but you need to realize that right now you're not where you used to be. 
that, that right now, that God has pulled you out of your old ways. He's pulled you out of your own thing. You might want to be further along in your journey, but God is with you right now, right where you're at in your journey. You might not be where you want to be, but, but you're certainly not where you used to be. And so thank God for that. And, and what can we do to remind ourselves with that, that he will continue to push us further down that line to step into the people he has called us to be, to be more like Jesus every single day of our lives. As I kind of wrap up some of my thoughts here, I just want to read one more scripture to you. This is um, out of the book of Galatians, uh, chapter 5, verse 1. Just another letter from Paul to another group of Christians trying to encourage them what it is to get closer to Jesus, to get to know Jesus more. It says this, that Christ has set us free to enjoy our freedom. Like the reason Christ has set you free from your old ways, from sin, from mistakes, from the ways we used to operate, the reason he shook stuff out of us was so that we could actually experience and enjoy freedom. He says to remain strong in the faith. Don't let the chains of slavery hold you again. It might be really tempting for us to look back over our shoulders, to look back at the old ways, the people we used to be either before we met Jesus or before kind of this whole season of life. It might be really tempting to look back at it fondly and say, oh, but stuff was so much better then. Like, think of the friends I had. Think of the things I used to do and the ways that I used to operate. But if we really get down to the bottom of it, so many of those ways, those modes of operation, those habits, those rhythms, so many of those things, they're, they're killing us. I mean, they, they were just draining us of the purpose of life that God has created us to live in and to be. You've been set free, not so that you run back to the things that you were freed from, but so that you would experience freedom. It's for freedom that Christ has set you free. Uh, I completely realized two things. So one, um, there's probably some people tracking right now who you fought some really hard battles in this past year. You've, you've come face to face with some really difficult realizations, be, again, be it with relationships, with your family, with friends, whomever, maybe, maybe with some mental health stuff. I just know from talking consistently to a lot of our students here at our church that so many of them every single day, now more than ever, are just facing questions of identity and of, of anger, of frustration, depression, anxiety, loneliness, and everything in between. And that might still be a really difficult battle for you in your life right now. And if that's you, I need you to know a couple things. Uh, number one, you, you're not alone in that space. I mean that in a couple ways. One, that you, you're not the only person experiencing that. There are so many people around you who are experiencing that. Some of them just surface it in different ways. Number two, God sees you right where you are in that space. He's with you in that space. He walks with you in that space. He, he sees you there. He's with you there. And three, uh, Nothing that you're facing right now owns you. Like, like nothing that you're facing or up against, none of the battles that you're fighting right now, none of those things have power over you. They might be giving up a good battle, but at the end of the day, they don't own you. You've been set free so that you would not be a slave to sin. See, the battle that you are fighting has already been won in Jesus. And when we know him, we have a relationship with him, and we are in Christ. We are no longer slaves to our old ways. Those things don't own us. They don't have power over us. We know the one in whom our life and our safety lies in Jesus. So if you're in that space, listen, you're, you're doing okay. 
It, you have breath in your lungs. Your story is not over. Uh, God is with you in the mess right now, and he's still not done with you yet. And so what we're going to do next through the next session, through a couple of these breakouts, is, is look at what that new life looks like. What it is that, yeah, now we have a new life that we can stand in and experience freedom in Christ around us. But, but before we get there, I, I want us to think about the old things, the old ways that we do want to let go of. See, if we want to stand in the new, we have to let go of the old. If God has showed you something that we're just clinging so tightly to, he said to you, hey, listen, you don't need it leave it behind. It's unnecessary weight that you just don't need to carry. There might be a couple other people tracking who maybe you're just like, yeah, hey, the past year has sucked, but like, it's been fine. It is what it is. I haven't had any sort of like crazy life revelations or something over the past year. Just I'm, I'm kind of kicking it. It is what it is. Hey, I hear you. And honestly, like, thank God, like you haven't had to wrestle with anything major. But, but even if that's the case, just hear me out. I, I think this still stays the same. You need to be pressing into and thinking through, are there any old ways, old habits that I'm still clinging to that are not drawing me closer to Jesus, that are not making me more like Jesus? Uh, think through what those are. If, you don't, if that, you don't know what that is right off the top of your head, then great. Spend some time asking God, God, what are the old ways, these old habits that still exist in my life, and, and how do I let go of them? Help me to let go of them. Uh, that's the old you. That's your old ways. Those are not things that God is, is, is using to shape us more into the people he's called us to be. And it might be a fight. It might hurt a little bit to let go of these things that we cling to because we, we use these old ways a lot of times to cover up a lot of the pain we deal with because we don't like to talk about it. But God says, no, that's, that's not who I've created you to be. Let it go. No matter where you're falling because of this past year, as you process what the future looks like, uh, you need to know this, that, that if you're in Christ, you're, you're a new creation. The old has passed away, the new has come. You need to know that it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. We might look back over our shoulders and feel like, man, like I, yeah, but the old stuff was good. It felt good. It looked good. Those, I, I, I know those rhythms, but there's, there's no life there. There's life in Christ and in the freedom that he bought for us. Let me pray for us. God, we are so grateful uh, for your presence in our lives, the ways that you work in and through our lives every single day. And Father, I just pray right now that uh, for everybody tracking, that you would just uh, bring things to their mind, God, either things that you've shown them over the past year, even if they haven't realized it, or maybe even if they've been just fine this past year, you would highlight things in their life, these old ways that they are clinging to. And no matter where we fall on that spectrum, God, would you just uh, highlight that to us and give us the power and courage to let go of those things, to be willing to fight the fight of letting go of things that are not drawing us closer to you or making us more like you. I, I pray that we would know the freedom that we we have in Jesus, that we have freedom to let go of these old things that are not giving us life, and, and that we can step into this new space, this new life that you have given us uh, to be a more fuller expression of the people you have called us to be. God, I pray that uh, for myself and just for everybody tracking right now, God, that they realize you see them, you know them, you're with them, uh, and you love them. God, so be with us, continue to shape us and mold us into the people you call us to be every single day of our lives. We pray this all in your son Jesus' name. Amen.